Welcome back to another episode of Crosses and Graces. My name is Peter Holm, and today we are going to be talking about representative governments. Now, it doesn't seem like it's related at all to Crosses and Graces, does it? We'll get there. But before we do, I want you to make sure to hit subscribe on the channel there. Make sure to like the video if it helps you. Go back and check out the other Crosses and Graces episodes we've already made. If you have comments on this one, stuff you like, stuff you hate, whatever, throw me comments down below and then I will answer whatever you throw at me. And then uh, we'll keep the dialogue going and I will make sure to tailor then future videos based on stuff that you're asking me and we'll build from there. All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Now, representative government. Why am I talking about representative government? Because here's the deal, all right? We are Christians. We are not any of the other religions you could possibly fathom in your mind, okay? And I'm going to bet the stuff that I'm going to talk about today, most of you haven't heard about it because it's not discussed in American schools. It's not discussed in many schools. So let's just dive right in, okay? Most of you may not know, I'm a Catholic convert, okay? I was not born Catholic, cradle Catholic, or anything like that. I was turned to the traditions of the church because of my role as an amateur historian and ultimately my desire to keep learning more about the U.S. Constitution and then the world history and, and warfare and things like that. I read lots of books, and in the end, then, with uh, my discussions I was having with people, ended up finding a buddy who was giving me a bit of back and forth and challenging me, and it led me to discovering the Church Fathers. So as I'm discovering the Church Fathers and then Thomas Aquinas and building, I end up sitting there and saying, hey, huh, this is weird. Everything I thought I knew turns out to be wrong. Well, one of the things that ultimately turns out also to be wrong is the fact that representative government, although we act as if it's a really big deal because that's all we've ever been taught, in the end, it's not actually fully in line with Christianity. And you're going to be like, how's that? We're a Judeo-Christian society. That's what everyone says, right? Well, here's the deal, all right? When we talk about democracy, majority, and, and all these other things, are majorities always right? Because I'm going to say, and you've seen, sometimes the majorities don't always get it right. Just because there's a lot of people doesn't mean they're all going to be right. The phrase that I use often, one of us is not as dumb as all of us. And so when we all make a bad decision, does that make it the right one? No, no, not, no, not at all, okay? Might does not make right. Just because you have the force to do it doesn't mean you should. And in the end, democracy has no check ultimately on whether or not a majority decides to take this action or another action and if it's going to hurt the minority, well, you know, whatever. There aren't as many of them as us, right? Well, therein lies the entire problem here with democracy. Because throwing in bad decisions, say, like, I don't know, a Roman governor asks a populace and says, hey, I have two people up here that I could execute. You need to choose the one over here that I've already just tortured and just beat the crap out of him because the Pharisees hate him. Or you can take this murderer here. You need to choose which one lives and... The democracy chooses the murderer and, oh, yeah, look at that. Democracy chose Barabbas. So before we go and get all, like, lovey with democracy, we should remember democracy chose Barabbas over Jesus, okay? Jesus is not 
president of presidents, senator of senators, prime minister of prime ministers. He is king of kings, lord of lords, okay? Monarchy is what he has shown us with his system. He talks about crowns. There are no crowns in a democratic system of government, yet for some reason in the New Testament and the Old, we talk about many crowns, okay? Why? Because we're talking royalty. Hail, king of the Jews. Hail, full of grace. These are all royal terms, okay? There is a hierarchy. There is royalty. There is divine right. This is a real thing, okay? Now, you're going to go, all right, well, okay, fine. You've told me about democracies and the fact that okay, great, maybe the Greeks didn't get it right because you're talking about majorities aren't always right. What about republics? We don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. Okay, cool. Um, what happens uh, with those individuals uh, who are representing you now? Um, are they guaranteed to be moral? Because if we go look at where we get the model of the republic from, we get the model of the republic from Rome. Did we see Rome as a bastion of freedom or glory to God. Because if I remember correctly, they ended up getting pretty tyrannical, all things considered. And worse, they were totally all about paganism and doing all sorts of terrible things to each other. So in the end, the representation that they put in place, although it was supposed to help do things for society, it didn't. It ultimately fell apart because what ended up happening to the Roman Republic which actually came after a kingdom, by the way, because they thought they could improve on the kingdom. They turned it into a republic. The republic started to fail and falter. And then Julius Caesar walks up. Now is the end of the republic, okay? There were Italian republics as well, and they fell apart. In the end, I think Charles Coulomb put it best, talking about republics or representative governments versus monarchies, Okay. When we look at a, a republic or a democratic system of government, the only reason that thing could form is because all these people had to reach consensus because they had no ability to gauge or find a direction or a reason to come together. Whereas in a monarchy, it's just a family. Mom and dad at the top, king and queen. Everyone else are the subjects and they take care of everyone. Whereas by contrast, the democracy, the republic needs a purpose to exist. If the purpose goes away, well, then all of a sudden the unity starts to evaporate and the whole thing falls apart. So here's the thing. Two problems with representative governments by contrast to the monarchy, which is the family that just exists. That representative government needs a purpose. And in the end, if the purpose goes away, it means the society falters and fractures and just comes apart. The second problem is it usually ends up always requiring external warfare to keep that unity together so that they don't fracture apart and fight each other, which means in the end, the representative governments end up being the most violent forms of government you could possibly imagine because they have to be engaged in warfare all the time or they will fail entirely. This is the problem, okay? Now, my whole spiel here, does that mean that all kings are moral? No, there are many, many bad kings. But the thing is, is one tyrant versus 535 tyrants or however many number, it doesn't matter. They're all tyrants, okay? So we're going to sit there and we're going to go and say one system is better or worse than another government based on men? No, because all men are flawed, so we got to throw that out. So let's base it on, say, I don't know, God's example. In Scripture, we have kings and we have hierarchies and we have rights and we have things that are actually focused that don't involve our minds separated from God. How does this go back to crosses and graces, Okay. Our cross 
in the modern era is to avoid submitting ourselves to popular opinion just to get along, okay? Popular opinion is not godly. Now, will there be moments when large groups of people will do things that God likes? Yes, perhaps there will be. But narrow is the gate, and wide is the path that leads to destruction. Jesus is telling us, when he says these things, that the majority of people are not going to do what he wants. The majority of people are headed for hell. If you are part of the majority, there is a decent chance you are heading towards hell. If I go, same, same. All right? Now, my goal is not to be a revolutionary or a splitter all the time. That doesn't make any sense either. And in the end, we have to sit there and ask, why would we revolt when God is allowed an authority to sit over us? That's another topic for another day. I will address revolutions if you guys want to. Again, hit me up with the questions. The point that I'm really trying to get at, though, here is the majority is not always right. Okay? And if we're talking about American souls or British souls or Indian souls or Polish souls, the majority of people do not necessarily have the desire to be with God, to submit to his commands, to do his will, and therefore, unfortunately, are on the wrong path, the wide path that leads to destruction. Okay? Our goal is to gain grace and to steer clear from all the errors of the world. In the end, if a representative government leaves the sphere of the church, it leaves God, and it goes off in its own direction, our job is not to do as it commands. Our job is to do as God commands. He is king forever and ever and ever. And this life is over like that. All right? So do I want to go and give up everything? Conquer and take the whole world for the loss of my soul in hell? I'm going to give up eternity for that. No. No, 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 no. All right? So when we look at the situation that we currently live in, we have a constitution. But the constitution has no moral code attached to it, which is why I can sit there and say that the Second Amendment says that we all get some bare arms. Or we get guns, but you can't really tell me which one's which because I can argue with you and tell you that it doesn't matter anyways because I have my interpretation and you have yours. And how about we all just get along, right? No, if we're all getting along and we all allow and compromise with things that are ultimately wrong, we have no chance of ensuring that we can be 100% right because we are compromising with flawed judgment, ultimately things that are devoid of God, which means we are compromising with evil. Okay, if we're compromising with evil, we cannot be Catholic. And therefore, the only outcome that then comes with it is we then have to be a little bit Marxist, a little bit hedonist, a little bit modernist, a little bit liberal, a little bit everything else that's not actually God because we don't want to take all of God because we want to pick and choose and say, well, that part is in, you know, inconvenient, it's uncomfortable. No, that is not up for us to say. All right? For us, we have to make the determination here and now, are we all in for God or are we not? Are we all in for God or are we going to take a little bit of the world? Okay, if we take a little bit of poison, it's still poison, no matter how much you put in. Okay, are you willing to risk poison? None of us should be willing to risk poison. Not for the majority, not for even a minority in sin, not for any part of this world which is fleeting before us. We have to exist for eternity, for God and for all of his will. All right? representative governments are not by their nature 
good because in the end they were not formed by nature with the express intent of glorifying God with every single action that came out of that body because that's just not what men do. Men are fallen and these guys who formed these governments that we're looking at in the world today by and large were not made by 100% Catholics. Now with the few exceptions most of the governments in the world were not made by Catholics with the full intent of living a Catholic life and following all of the Christian commandments according to what God gave us. We know this. This is just fact. If we're going to model our life off of anybody right now and we wanted to be Catholic but understand what it's like to live in the minority and to be challenged in the way that we live by a multitude of individuals, be they Catholic or not, really our target now, if we had any saint that we could emulate, Let's look no further than Athanasius of Alexandria, okay? He lived from 328 to 373, and he is known primarily for standing against the Arian heresy. What's the Arian heresy? Arius was a priest that lived at the end of the 3rd century, beginning of the 4th century, who came up with the notion that Christ came after the Father, and then he basically was breaking apart the Trinity into multiple pieces and saying it had different time elements from it and that the Son came from the Father and that the Trinity and the Godhead were not unified, which creates a whole slew of problems. And in the end, you're talking the majority of bishops in the 4th century were actually committing heresy as they went along with Arianism. Arius goes the way of the dodo, he finally dies, but when we look at Athanasius standing firm... He stands against bishops and other men and ultimately is excommunicated multiple times, banished, a whole bunch of stuff. Athanasius knows how to suffer and live, but in the end never leave the true faith, even though he was in the minority, okay? We have that opportunity to live like Athanasius. I get it, we're not bishops, but we, the faithful few, the remnant, have a very great opportunity right now to stay true to the faith as the whole world goes insane. I think that's great. And I hope you do too. I hope you see some encouragement in the fact that we're being given a great opportunity. A cross is being set on our shoulders here. Us in the minority, many people against us, the world from every side. Picture Aragorn at the end of Return of the King and orcs everywhere. It's kind of where we're at. That's cool. That's actually awesome. We get to be here in this moment in history and getting great opportunities in front of us when we have clergy who not they're not defending our doctrines to a T. In the end, we have laity who are confused about where we're going to go, and we have civil governments that are actually going to be out to get us as soon as they realize what Orthodox Catholicism actually is. So we have that to look forward to. And as hard as it's going to be, it means we don't have to invent penances, right? We're going to have penances just living and getting through all this. That's a great opportunity. Don't throw it away. So we don't need a representative government to be close to God. We just need God. And when we look at what our government should be, let's look at how we emulate God and what we do and how we live. For you Protestants out there, I'm going to go and give you a question. In terms of the moral code of God, what is the way that one should follow it? How does a Christian abide by Matthew 28, 20 to do all that God commanded you to do? How does a Christian abide by Matthew 5, 48 
to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How do we do that? Okay, If we follow a Democrat majority or Democratic majority, we don't actually have the capacity to do what God wants all the time because that majority will not go along with God, which means the Democratic majority will lead us to hell. We cannot abide by any of the commandments of Christ, or at least all of them together as he has requested. One way or another, God's going to get his way. He never said a majority was needed to prove that he was right. He doesn't need all of us to say, you're right, God, and only because we support you, that's why it's true. No. God's true even if none of us go along with him. So it's probably in our best interest right now to say, you know what, I'm going to go with you. Let's do this. All right, we're in. We have to live according to his commandments. We cannot promote sin. If the majority sins, we can't go along with it. So get ready for the difficulty that comes with this existence being in that small minority because we don't want to be guilty with going along with them out of convenience for consensus or what, whatever, okay? So are you ready to be with me in the minority, all right? This little tiny group, you ready to be part of that? Let's do it, okay? We have this. We can get grace out of this by committing ourselves to God so no matter who challenges us, we commit to God first, right? This is awesome. We have the opportunity now in our little pockets, wherever we can reside, to remain, to remain in the state of grace, to fulfill our mass obligations, to take in our confession when the opportunity is given, to receive the Eucharist, to pray the rosary, educate yourself, educate others. There aren't enough of us to do this alone, but we have God. So with our small remnant and God, anything's possible, right? It's awesome. Okay. Hopefully this was a helpful episode for all of you. Again, representative governments. No, we want God as the head. We want God in everything all the time, no matter what happens, no matter who says what God all the time. All right. This was important. So I'm hoping that you took something away from it. If you have comments, questions, issues, complaints, put them down below. I will answer them and we'll go from there. All right. So thanks again for listening. Please subscribe like the video if it helped. Make sure to share it because it gets the word out there. And I hope other people have stuff that they can learn too. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. So thank you again for joining. I appreciate all of the comments and interactions and and, and the views. You guys are great. And uh, yeah, um, may God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, thanks. Have a good one. I'll see you later.